welcome. It's an exciting season that uh, we're currently in in the life of our church. What a great job the team have got. Do you like this setup? Looks great, doesn't it, that the team have gone to? We're on the brink of opening the door to our future, and we're about to step through that door. Is anyone in the house tonight excited? All right, fantastic. <laughs> I don't think I need to remind you that since our last vision cast, that was about four or five years ago, we do it about every four to five years, um, that we still live in a very fragile and uncertain world. A lot has happened in our world, hasn't it, since that last four or five years. And I think you would know that Jesus is still our hope, the hope for humanity. And so this last five-year year run, we've certainly learned a lot. I look forward to sharing that with you just in a moment. But God has really given us this last five years. He's really given us this uh, a glimpse of where He was taking us into the future. And uh, tonight, I'm going to share, um, uh, and the next three Sundays, in fact, I'm going to share with you our 2020 vision with the support of the elders. In fact, I, I never feel that I'm standing alone up here or sitting alone. I'm going to take a seat in a moment just to share a couple of things with you. I never feel that I'm alone. My wife is, uh, of course, very supportive and with me. The elders support, the staff support, our hope partner support, and the congregation support. But we've made some decisions. And can I just say this, to, to never underestimate the power of decisions. Why? Because decisions determine direction, directions determine destinations, and destinations ultimately determine a destiny. But I do need you to know this, that the heartbeat behind every decision um, is to follow the mission that we've been given by Christ Himself, and that's to become increasingly Jesus-centered, others-focused, and together in community. And so the wonder, the wonder of the gospel in and through all of that is that He invites you and I to play a part. He invites us to play a part and partner with Him, that we each have a part to play. And so over this next hour or so, over this next hour, we are going to have a look at the past, the present, and the future. And so firstly, let's take a look at the past. In December 1895, a Launceston newspaper reported on an event that turned nighttime into day. The very first electric streetlights, powered by the Duckreach Power Station, saw Launceston become the first Australian town to be lit by hydroelectric power. But a decade earlier, a different light was introduced to our town. An advertisement was placed in the Launceston Examiner where God used a simple newspaper ad to start a church. And we are that church. I wonder, and I do wonder, did they actually realize back then the legacy that they were making? This was the beginning of Churches of Christ in Launceston. And for many years, people met in various halls around the area to hear the Word of God preached. In 1913, a circus tent was erected just up the road from Village Cinema in the middle of our city. I realize the date there says 1895. That was the date where the electric street lights were first placed by hydroelectric power in Launceston. But it was 1930, 13, sorry, that a circus tent was erected just up the road from Village Cinema in the middle of our city for a special event that saw nearly 300 people commit their lives to Christ. Shortly after, the congregation purchased their first place to call home in Margaret Street. Subsequently, churches were also planted in the suburbs of Sandhill, 
prospect and in the main. Over the next 80 years, the people continued meeting there and God faithfully continued to introduce the light of Jesus into the lives of people in Launceston. At the same time, the suburban churches closed and joined in worship in Ma- at Margaret Street. Over that time, a number of extensions were made to, to the building to accommodate the growing church. During the early 1990s, the home of Launceston Church of Christ was becoming just say, well, a little cramped. To cope with the continually expanding congregation, in 1994, a plasterboard factory in Frederick Street was purchased and renovated, and that became our new home. We were changing from a church for us to a church that would be for others. An adjacent property was purchased in 1998 to be transformed into a much-needed children's centre. But back to 1997, just for a moment. Because in 1997, the ministry team and elders went away on a weekend prayer and vision retreat. This is where our future became clearer and our vision statement was formed. To be a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. This was a united vision formed by the ministry team and elders. And during this time, our top six key values were developed and prayer became our number one key value. Now, while the faithfulness of God was clearly evident in the lives of His people, His Spirit was at work preparing the next chapters of His story in our lives. In the year 2000, only six years since relocating, we were already outgrowing the Frederick Street building. The leadership team started a season of specific prayer, seeking guidance and direction of where to with our growing congregation and vision. During the season of prayer, one of the ministry team presented a local newspaper clipping of the well-known Coates Payton's woolen mill that was up for sale at an absolute bargain price. What was once the thriving industrial hope and heartbeat of Launceston was now nothing but an empty shell. It was an icon in the city, and in its prime, employed 2,300 people. Everyone knew of Coates Payton's woolen mill. Now, when this newspaper article was presented to us that it was up for sale, we all had a bit of a laugh and thought this was just crazy. But guess what? We prayed, and we thought, what if? What if God is up to something here? And so... We made some inquiries and we ended up visiting the site and then we did a prayer drive through the nine acres of floor space. We then asked if God was giving anyone a clear no to please say so now. It was decided we should continue to explore. This building was a rundown, derelict old factory with a huge amount of potential, but it was going to take a lot of work. So... What were we going to do with this? How would the city react if a church bought it? Was this a God decision or only a good decision? In a bold move of adventurous faith, Launceston Church of Christ purchased the building and began renovations to transform the empty factory into a new church home and thriving community center. On November 29, 2003, a church known for many years as Launceston Church of Christ became Door of Hope 
Christian church, opening the doors for our very first church service. And it was exciting for those who remember. It was exciting. We had worked hard and sacrificed a lot. There was momentum. And we took the time to reflect and give thanks to God and to each other. But let me just be honest for a moment. We're also very tired. And I mean really tired. The joy was fading. You see, once again, our people had given financially in a big way. They'd given up so many of their weekends at working bees. In fact, it was a total of 10,000 volunteer hours over five months. We were tired, and I mean exhausted. We were wrecked. So, where to from a place like that? Well, we chose to pray once again. And we believe God whispered the word joy. We asked Him to restore the joy among us. And guess what? He did. Over time, He did. And it turned us around and joy was restored. It was around this time in the year 2004 when we felt the need to keep our people focused on the mission at hand. You see, it's about people. It's not about a building. And by doing something called kingdom assignment, this idea is based on the parable of the talent. There's a lot to that story, but that day, we gave away $10,000, trusting God for a great return for the glory of His kingdom. And over time, kingdom assignment transitioned our people to be others-focused. And a lot of these ideas shaped who God had called us to become, a door of hope. As our church continued to grow and a number of community projects started taking off, it became evident there was a spiritual battle going on, especially for our children and our families. These are battles we would not want anyone to have to go through. And looking back, they were defining moments where our church was being drawn together in community and unified in prayer. We are constantly in a spiritual battle. And the only way a church can overcome is through unity, in prayer and in unity. The last decade, we've seen great opportunity and great growth and often great trial. But more people have met Jesus, more faithful hearts have served His church, and we've seen more opportunities to connect and serve the local community. His faithfulness has been and always will be the reason for our hope, the reason we could be adventurous in our faith, and the reason we can celebrate today. And we are thankful, we are so thankful for all that God has done. And while it's important that we celebrate, and in a moment I'm going to invite us to celebrate and give thanks, we cannot stay in that moment. So right now, will you join me please in giving thanks to God for our past. And so we move, we move from the past to the present. What are we looking like now? April last year, I, uh, our senior ministry team went away on a two-day uh, retreat, and we spent our time reflecting and giving thanks on where God has brought us to over these past five years as a part of our 2015 vision. Now, during these two days, I recorded a summary of who and where we are at as a church community. We identified the following few things. That God, first of all, is at work and He's doing a good thing. That we are now well established and we're on our way. 
we have a, a greater understanding of where God is taking us and who He has called us to be. And we felt that the last five years had been about developing, understanding, and defining what it exactly means to be Jesus-centered, others-focused, together in community. It gave us greater clarity and confidence in our identity of being a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. And so, we felt that we have a good vision and mission, a good congregation and volunteers, <laughs> a good ministry team, a good eldership, a good culture, a good facility to help us achieve the vision and mission. But most of all, we have a great God. And today, because of that defining period, everything we do is now much more integrated and aligned. But the real gold, the real gold of Door of Hope has always been its people. You, us, the people. You have been and continue to be an incredibly generous and supportive congregation and a people making a world of difference locally, nationally and internationally. So to continue just for a moment with this summary that I wrote after our two-day retreat together, is that we felt that we have a strong emphasis on moving people along the hope pathway from being a friend of Door of Hope to becoming increasingly Jesus-centered and others-focused. We have an innovative approach to building our future. We have record attendances at our major outreach events. As a Christian church, we feel our cultural relevance is high and that the Door of Hope name is positive in our community. We have a facility of vibrant life and hope where we connect people to the real source of truth. And the unifying idea for this facility is community. And we have a community concern for broken people. Following the Matthew 18 principle, we have worked hard on conflict resolution and forgiveness, seeing our relationships nurtured and matured. Our vision is being expressed in increasingly clear, practical and impacting ways across our community. And we are thankful for our past. We are confident in the present and we're expectant for our future. And momentum is building. So, as we face the future... We will keep building on the foundations of these past few years and implement all that we have learnt in strategic and intentional ways. Our mission and our vision remains. Our mission to be Jesus-centered, others-focused, together in community. And as we go about living those three things out, we believe we're going to achieve our vision of being a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. The future we are seeking will undoubtedly require us to keep stepping out in adventurous faith. And yes, God has been good to us, but this is not about resting on our laurels. You see, we are like that Olympic athlete who's trained and trained and trained for that big Olympic moment, and we're looking pretty good. But the race is just about to start because there's too much at stake to stay where we are now. Why? There are thousands of people in the immediate vicinity who are broken and do not know the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so together, you and I, we have the capacity to bring the life-changing name of Jesus to Launceston and beyond. We have the elders, we have the staff, we have the congregation, 
We have the building and the facilities and the strategy and the vision that is required to do this. Given all that God has prepared us for, equipped us with, and called us to, it would be criminal to sit on our hands and say, we're looking pretty good. You see, in many ways, the last 131 years has been preparing us for the next five years. And so right now, before we go any further, will you please join me in giving thanks to God for all that has been achieved with Vision 2015. And so we move from the past, the present, to the future. And those are actual quotes of service providers in our city. We rang a number of service providers across our city. And we say, tell, we ask them, tell us what's happening. Tell us what's happening. And those quotes you just heard, they are re- very, very real issues in the life of our city. We are literally surrounded, literally surrounded by brokenness. Sexual abuse, anxiety, loneliness, family breakdown, divorce, guilt, self-hatred, insecurity, depression, the list goes on. And because of this, you know, at the start of the night, I talked about making some decisions. We've made some decisions based on our past, our present, and now into our future. And the first decision we've made is that we've decided we cannot sit on our hands and rest on what we've already achieved. We've decided we must continue the good work of the good news of Jesus Christ in our city and beyond. Well, what specifically then, Steve? What specifically then is God calling us to do and be in the next season as a door of hope? And so we asked, what will gain the most ground for the kingdom of God over these next five years? If we made only three goals, what would those three goals be? And so over these next few moments together, I'm going to share with you what we believe God's plan is for our future. And in greater detail, if you can hang in there with me for the next three weeks, in greater detail, I'm going to share over the next three Sundays just a little bit more about these three goals. So after prayerful consideration, we've chosen just a very small number of very significant goals. Do you want to see them? Do you want to see them? goes like this. Here are the three goals. Growing hope, growing invitations, and growing mercy. Growing hope first. Let's go there for a moment. Well, why growing hope? My answer to that is because Jesus is the ultimate hope for every human life in this fragile and uncertain world. And because of the thousands of people in Launceston without hope, This creates that spiritual urgency requiring the urgency of God's people to share openly and boldly the love and grace of Jesus Christ. You see, the central DNA of Door of Hope Christian Church has always been to introduce Jesus to unchurched people. And so, our vision for this goal is to see over 1,000 stories 
1,000 stories of hope and transformation. And this is how we're going to measure this particular goal. We aim to see 1,000 people attending church each week and have 250 baptisms by 2020. Now, the focus, of course, is for the sake of being effective in our mission and our vision of reaching people who need to know the love of Jesus in their lives. Let me just go a little deeper just for a moment before I move on to goal number two, because we want to see people growing spiritually. And so we're aiming to achieve 1,000 stories of hope and transformation by 2020. But we want to see the evidence. We want to see evidence that we're not just building a big crowd but Jesus is actually having an impact on people's lives and that they're making progress along the hope pathway and experiencing genuine hope and genuine transformation because numerical growth has nothing to do with being proud of having a big church. But it's all to do with shifting culture. For example, if a thousand people attended Door of Hope regularly in a city of 80,000 people. This means we could have that incredible impact, the influence that we believe God is wanting us to have. But could you imagine all the other churches alongside us in our city also having this kind of impact and growth and just how much that would change the city in which we live and the city in which we love. Now, if we're going to commit ourselves to a goal such as this, there are implications that we have to keep in mind to this goal. Staffing implications, building implications, car parking implications, financial implications, and so much more. We won't go into that kind of detail at this stage. And although this goal is not about numbers, numbers are important because each number represents a person. And every single person you and I lock eyes with each and every day is loved and created and fearfully and wonderfully made by a loving, caring, giving and forgiving God. And I want to ask you that, who, this right now before we move on to this next goal. Who is that person slash people for you? I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that next week. Goal number two. Goal number two. Growing invitations, growing invitations. Why growing invitations? Why? Because when we invite others, it's good for them and it's also good for us. Why is it good for others? Because it introduces them, first of all, to Jesus. And why is it good for us? Because it reaffirms and declares our commitment to Jesus who loved and rescued us. And this is how we are going to measure this particular goal. Our vision is for every single one of us to invite at least one other person to church each week. And that would mean 500 personal invitations per week, which could equal 20 first-time attenders per week. Invitations. Growing invitations. I want to be honest with you this evening and say this, that invitations are not easy. And we want to help one another in regards to this. Invitations are not easy in the culture in which you and I live. I am really aware that this will require a change in our thinking where we, you and I, are prepared to invite anyone we meet and anybody we have connection with to be part of Door of Hope. And ultimately, 
ultimately come to Jesus. That's goal number two. The third goal, what was it? Third goal is growing mercy. Growing mercy. Why growing mercy? (laughs) Because mercy is not just about meeting people's needs. It's about helping them get spiritually right with God, who is the ultimate provider of mercy. Mercy, what is mercy? Interesting word, isn't it? I'm sure we'd all come up with a different definition. But mercy is this. Mercy is when a person receives Jesus as Lord and Savior. When an amazing God-designed mercy takes place in their lives, where they are made right in the eyes of God and welcomed into His presence. Once again, give me three weeks. I'm going to share about that just a little bit more. But our vision for this particular goal is to emphasize and strengthen our organizational Good Samaritan by introducing Jesus and inviting a response while we meet the spiritual, emotional, physical, and social needs of others. And this is how we are going to measure this goal. We look forward to seeing 100 explorers attending Alpha each year. 100 regular conversations per week about Jesus and invitations to respond, and 20 referrals per week to the Hope Pathway. As I summarize our three goals here tonight and kind of bring this, uh, this to an ending, is, because, is this, that each of these thro- three goals that we have has a number of strategies involved with. You'll have access to that next Sunday. And these strategies are critical to achieving our mission. And so, over the next three Sundays, I'll be unpacking each of these goals in greater detail. So I encourage you to hang in there with us this next month or so. Those three goals, what were they? Growing hope, growing invitations, and growing mercy. That's it. That's it. But I do want you to know this, that these are big goals. These are big numbers that I've been talking about tonight. And our staff and our elders are aware that they are very challenging targets. But also feel they are realistically achievable given the great people that we have. The resources God has given us and most of all the mighty power of His Holy Spirit, which will go before us and with us as we collectively and enthusiastically own the mission that He has called us to. So, we've looked back, we've looked to where we are today, and we've now looked to the future. And here's what I want you to do just for a moment as we come to a conclusion is to now imagine because of the past, because of where we are now, but because of the future, imagine what it looks like when the abused find hope, when the addicted find hope, when the lost find hope, when the lonely find hope, when the anxious find hope, when the divorced find hope, when the insecure find hope, when the depressed find hope, when the dysfunctional find hope, when the rich find hope, when the poor find hope. Oh yes, it will be challenging. It will be a mess, but it will be God's mess. And it will require us to see things with fresh eyes and how we live out our Christian lives individually and in the workplace and at home with our neighbors. And it will require us to support. It will require us to encourage and cheer each other on as we help bring about God's vision into a future reality. And so this is it. 
together in community, we continue on with the call to actively engage with the brokenness and the hopelessness in our city by being a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. To God be the glory. Great things He has done, is doing, and will continue to do. And I do have one further thing to ask you via a clip. I'm going to ask you a question tonight via a clip. But before I ask you that question, can we tonight, one more time, can we give God all the glory in the way that you and I know how? Is that okay? Let's do that. <laughs>